I'm excited to talk to us today from the subject of busyness is killing you on the inside. Busyness is killing you on the inside. Uh, we're going to jump right into the text today and the, the text that we're going to read this morning is found in Matthew chapter 6 verses 31 and 32. It says, so do not worry. Everybody say, don't worry. Don't worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. They run after all these things. Our world does a lot of running after all these things, and if we're honest today, if we did a quick scan of our lives, there are a lot of us that are running as well. We're running after all of these things. We're, we're a running-minded society. We're a running-minded society. It's like we're born into a society that starts us running from day one. Come on, you're born, and then the questions start coming. Uh, when are you going to sleep all night? When are you going to say your first word? When you're going to walk, when you're going to run, when you're going to use the bathroom on your own. Come on, somebody. Diaper-free day is the best day. Uh, when are you going to start school? When are you going to graduate school? When are you going to go to college? When are you going to get a job? When are you going to graduate college? When are you going to start dating? When are you going to get engaged? When are you going to get married? When are you going to have a kid? When are you going to have another kid? When are you going to stop having kids? You know, <laughs> Come on, all the big families out there. When you gonna build a house? When you gonna start your own business? When you gonna hire your next employee? When you gonna fire that bad employee? When you gonna sell the business? When you gonna have your first grandkid? When you gonna get another grandkid? When your kids gonna quit giving you grandkids? When you gonna retire? Life has us running. We're just running from one thing to the next. One thing to the next. The next decision, the next car payment, the next house to buy, the next work project, the, the next class project, the next promotion, the next raise to achieve. We're just running, running to meetings, running to practices, running to games, running to appointments, running to social gatherings, running to events, running to work, running to school, running to family gatherings. We're running, we're running, we're running after all these things. We're running after these things, if we're honest, because we want, we want acceptance. We want, we want approval. We, we're running because we want popularity. We want status. We want fame. We're, so many people run so hard, and running is costing us everything. Running after all these things, and it's wearing you out. Why do so many people run after all these things? at all costs. Listen to me today. The, the, we run because the disorder of our daily life is a product of the disorder of our innermost beings. Things are not the way they're supposed to be because we are not the way that we are supposed to be. They're not the way that they're supposed to be on the inside, so we run and we run and it costs us our joy, it cost us our peace, 
you run and you run and you run and you get the money in your bank account and you keep running and you get the car and you run and you get the house and you run and you get the promotion and you get the degree, all the success in the world, but you have no joy and you have no peace. We run after all of these things and it wears us out. You find yourself depleted and empty on the inside. Life, life is kind of like a treadmill. Uh, anybody ever been on a treadmill before? Well, I, I, I love to hate the treadmill. This is why. Because the treadmill can always go faster than me. You, you ever been on a treadmill? You're just running, just going. <sighs> you're looking to the right like, yeah, I'm moving faster than them. I've been on there longer than them. And all of a sudden, you get sidetracked and you start. Uh, <laughs> are you like, you're trying to show off, you're like trying to get it, and it's, it's too fast. You can't barely push the button. You do this. <laughs> Life is like a treadmill. Have you running? Can't sleep at night. Because your mind is on the treadmill. You're just running. Too much worry, too much fear, too much anxiety. Even when you can sleep, it's not good sleep. You wake up more tired than when you went to bed. You go on vacation and you come back more stressed than when you went on vacation because you can't turn the treadmill of life off and life will have you running and running and running and running and running and you get off the treadmill and you're in the same spot. You ain't going nowhere. You're just tired, depleted, worried, fear, anxiety, no joy, no peace. You're just running. And then we look and the Bible, there is a prophet who experienced the same thing. He was running, the prophet named Elijah. He was running and running on the treadmill of life, and it was running at all costs. It was costing him his peace, costing him his joy. Why? Because things were not the way they're supposed to be because he was not the way he was supposed to be. And we read the story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. It says this, and starting in verse 1, it says, Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. In verse 4, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Elijah was running and running and running, and he found himself so tired, no peace, no joy, on the treadmill of life, asking God, would you just take my life from me? Elijah was hurting. Elijah was tired. 
because things were not the way they were supposed to be because Elijah was not the way he was supposed to be. And there's two things that I believe we can learn from Elijah's story, two things that will help us, or two things that will learn that, that will rob us of our peace and our joy. The first thing here today is you know that your past will keep you running. Your past will keep you running. Elijah was running from people he knew because they wanted to kill him. Elijah was an obedient prophet of God, and he dealt with false prophets of Baal. And Jezebel was not happy. She was not happy that Elijah took care of the false prophets. And so she was going after Elijah to kill him, to take, take his life. And that brother took off running. He's like, nah, you ain't getting me. <laughs> There's something else might get But you will not get me. And Elijah was running. Because something he did in his past, relationships in the past, had him running. You know, one of the things I've learned in life is that if you don't deal with your past, it will have you running. And some of us here today, we are worn out because you're running from something or someone in your past. T.D. Jake says it like this. He says, you can wreck your future running from your past. How many of us were running because of past relationships will have us running? Past mistakes will have us running. Past failures will have us running. Past regrets will have us running. Past pains will have us running. Past disappointment will have you running. There's a friend of mine when he was a kid was doing a lot of trash talking in the neighborhood he trash-talked to some kids in the neighborhood, and all of a sudden, he was talking so much trash, he looked, he looked around, he did a survey of the situation and said, I can't handle all this. I did too much trash talk. So he took off running. He said, nope, you ain't getting me today. He took off running through the neighborhood. He's weaving in and out of houses trying to lose these guys, and he cannot lose them all because he's trash talking. He keeps trash talking, and then he sees a fence. He's like, if I could just jump over the fence, then I'll get away from these guys. These guys that are trying to hurt me, they're trying to hurt me because of all the trash talking that I did. So he jumps over the fence. He thinks he's got it, and then he turns around, and all of a sudden, they got two big old dogs in the backyard. You ever found yourself running, thinking you're in a better situation, only to land in the backyard with two enemies, two dogs, and you're like, oh, I done got myself into a worse situation right here. Running will have you landing in places that you don't want to be. Running from your past, you will end up in a worse place than when you started. If I'm honest today, I have a tendency that when things happen to me, whether it is dramatic or traumatic, whether it hurts me or it offends me, I have a tendency to stuff it. I have a tendency to take the hurt, take the offense, take the words, take the actions, just, and just stuff it. I, I, I've, I've heard this phrase for a, a lot of my life, and, and I've, I've kind of identified with this phrase that, that I just take a licking and I keep on ticking. Hurt would happen to me, and I would jump the fence, and I would stuff it, and I would trust less 
people. A fence would happen and I would run and I would jump the fence and I would trust less. Why? Because I thought that stuffing it was a badge of honor. I thought stuffing it was a strength. I thought stuffing it was something that was acceptable. It was going to get me to my destination. And what I found was instead of running towards peace, I was running from it. Instead of running towards joy, I was running from it. Not landing in a place that I wanted to, but landing, jumping the fence called life, stuffing things and landing it and seeing there's two big dogs just ready to attack. It was robbing me of my relationships. My marriage began to suffer because I wasn't communicating. I was stuffing everything. It was robbing me of my peace. It was robbing me of my joy. And many of us today are like I was. You're running and running and running from your past, and you don't realize that you're going to run right into two big dogs that will rob you of your peace and your joy. You can't outrun your past. You can't outrun it. It's like running on the treadmill trying to outrun your past. And no matter how fast you run, no matter how long you run, you cannot outrun your past. And it will leave you tired and empty and worn out on the inside. Some of us today, we're running from your past. You're running from it, and it's wearing you out. You are facing, you are staring at two big dogs, and you would be, you just need to know that today you'd be better off turning around and facing your past. Wayne Dyer says it like this. He says, if you don't make peace with your past, it will show up in your present. You're, You're running today. Because your past, your past keeps you running. And number two, your fear has you running. Fear has you running. It says this in verse three, Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. He was afraid and he ran. And some of us were running after all of these things because of fear. You're running after success and accomplishments and and goals and money and power and popularity, and it's driving you to run so hard all because of fear. Listen, things are not the way they're supposed to be because you're not the way you're supposed to be. You're running out of fear, fear of disappointing people, so you're running around trying to please any and everyone. Your fear of missing out, so you say yes to everything, and you're overcommitted and running yourself tired. You have fear of the future, and so you're running your mind tired, filled with, filled with worry and anxiety. Some of us, we fear death, and you're, so, you're living so scared and so afraid. You're so worried. You don't want to leave the house. You don't, you don't want to travel. You're so afraid you don't enjoy life. Some of us have a fear of being broke and you're running yourself ragged, chasing every dollar you can make. Fear of pleasing people and you're running your credit card debt up because you're overspending on cars and houses and clothes and, and vacations all so you can impress people. Some of us have a fear of being lonely and you're running from this relationship to that relationship to this relationship and you're finding yourself empty and more lonely 
Fear will have you running on the treadmill, going nowhere. You find yourself tired. You find yourself not having joy. You find yourself not having peace. That's what happened to Elijah. If I'm honest today, it's happened to me. Fear has gripped my life more than once. I can remember as a teenager struggling with heavy, heavy bouts of fear. I'd lay on, the, on my bed at night. So much fear, so much worry, so much anxiety. It literally made my body start hurting. I can remember knots in my stomach, not being able to sleep. And I'd go in my parents' bedroom at night and I'd let them know I, I can't sleep. My, my body hurts. One night, my mom had to bring me to the hospital. Struggling with so much pain. All because of fear. I'm a teenager. I'm supposed to be enjoying life. And here I am struggling with fear and worry. And can I be honest with you? I was embarrassed. When I went to the doctor, I didn't share exactly what I was feeling. I just shared my body was hurting. Y'all, he told my mom I had gas. (laughs) But fear gripped me. And I can remember being tired. My, my mind was on the treadmill. I'm running. Fear and worry are gripping my life. My body was running itself weak and tired all because of fear. And so many people are gripped and controlled by fear. And it has them on the treadmill just running. I love that the Bible is there for us because the Bible knows that, and knows that fear is a big deal in people's lives. That's why in the Bible it says either fear not or do not be afraid 365 times in the Bible. It's almost as though God wants you to know every day you wake up, fear is not your master. Fear will not dictate where you go and how you live your life. Oh, when you give it to Jesus, when you surrender it to Jesus, there is a purpose and a destiny that God has just for your life. God does not want you to live in fear. Fear will have us running. Zig Ziglar says this. He says, fear has two meanings. Either forget everything and run or face everything and rise. And God wants his children to rise above fear, rise above worry, rise above anxiety. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. You can take five seconds and just thank God that he's for you. He's with you. Fear is not your master. Fear is beneath you. God wants you to win. He wants you to rise above the fear in your life. Today, I want to help you face your fears and your past and to get off the treadmill that's wearing you down on the inside. I want us to get things right on the inside so we can respond correctly on the outside. I want you to get your strength back. I want you to get your joy back. I want you to get your peace back. Elijah ran himself tired to the point he wanted to die, but God showed up and showed him something to get his life back on track. And today I want to share those with you. Number one, God told Elijah, you need to rest. You need to rest. 
1 Kings 19.5, it says, Then he lay down under a bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. Listen, when you're on the treadmill running after all these things, one of the best things you can do to, is get some rest. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, take a nap. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, take a nap. Take a nap, take a nap. Come on, you ever been around somebody and you know they need a nap? <laughs> like they just cranky. All, you know, when's the last time you took a nap? Because you really need a nap right now. Come on, where are all the parents at? Where are all the parents of the two, three, four, five, six-year-olds? You're like, oh, no, boo-boo, you need a nap today because you is just a little bit too much cranky right now. Some of us, we just need a nap. Some of you go home today and take a nap. Some of you, you so tired, you take a nap, wake up and take another nap. Take a nap. Get to bed earlier. Get seven to eight hours of sleep. Listen, medically speaking, I want to, real quickly, I want to share with you 11 things, 11 facts about sleeping six to eight hours a night. Sleep improves your memory. It extends your lifespan. It boosts your creativity. It strengthens your immune system. It reduces your risk for depression. It improves your physical performance. It sharpens your attention. It reduces your stress. It helps your body heal itself. It helps you lose weight. Come on, somebody. It makes you more alert. Sleep is not just a bow idea. It's a Bible idea. It's a God thing. God says you need a nap. I don't know about you, but when I don't sleep well, I ain't the same person. I get cranky. I'm sharp. All of a sudden, I can't have conversations. I used to say, I ain't got no patience. And when I do that for a long period of time, my body starts to suffer. I, start, I find myself getting sick because I'm not sleeping enough. I found myself struggling with fear and worry more when I don't sleep as good. I've even found myself struggling with depression because I'm not sleeping good. Listen, sleep is a God idea. God wants you to sleep. He wants you to rest. Jesus, God created the world. And on the seventh day, he rested. Boy, if he needs to rest, we need to rest. Y'all like, I like this message. This is good. I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> we got to rest. And the second thing he tells Elijah, you need to recharge. You need to rest, and then you need to recharge. God told Elijah, you need to recharge. 1 Kings 19.5, it says, then he lay down under the bush, and he fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. In verse 8, it says, so he got up and he ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Listen to me. Let's not overcomplicate it. Elijah was recharged by resting and eating a good meal. He rested and he ate. It was so good. He went back for seconds. Come on, somebody. We could use some seconds in our life. I don't know. I don't know what kind of food Elijah like. I know our pastor, Pastor Herbert's from Rewoka, and he likes chitlins. I'm from South Louisiana. We don't do chitlins. 
But boy, we can throw down on some boudin, some crackling, some crawfish etouffee, some chicken and sausage gumbo. Come on. He, he likes chicken. We like pickled quail eggs. Come on. I'll go back for seconds. I, I just, I'll go back for thirds. Why? Because I'm recharging. I'm rejuvenating. Some of you today, you need to recharge your body. Go back for seconds. And when your spouse looks at you, you're like, I'm recharging right now. Don't, don't mess with me. I'm recharging right now. You got to rest and to recharge. There's something spiritual about eating some food. There's something godly that happens when you're tired and you take a nap and you enjoy a good plate of food. I have four kids. They're amazing. And they love playing video games. And as you can imagine, with four kids, there's an, an often there's a problem in the Dore home. Yeah, my batteries are dead in this controller. I need more batteries. About once a week. Dad, we need some more batteries. We just bought batteries last week. Like $30 a pack. This batteries are expensive. After so many times of buying batteries and going on battery runs and looking for batteries and, and finding deals on batteries and going to the clearance rack, finding more batteries. Like, finally, my wife went on Amazon and she bought this thing called a rechargeable battery. Now when the battery's dead, it's not on me. It's on you. Dad, we need some more batteries. Nope, you just need to recharge the ones you got. I believe that's a word from God for us today. You don't need more purpose. You just got to recharge the purpose that's in you. Oh, you don't need another direction for your life. You just got to recharge the batteries that are in, on the inside of you. You don't need another marriage. You got to recharge the marriage that you got. You don't need more kids. You got to recharge the kids that you got. Look to Jesus and recharge your life. God looks at Elijah and says, oh, you want to die? You want me to take you? You want to take your life? No, 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 no. Take a nap. Eat some food. That wasn't enough. Go back for seconds. Eat some more food. There's something biblical about recharging our life and resting in God's presence. Just like those batteries have to be recharged, so do we. We have to recharge. We have to rest. We have to sleep. We have to take a nap. Eat some good food. Some good Cajun food. Come on, trust me, it's good. It's good. Get you some seconds. Go take you another nap. Get a good meal with your family. Take time to eat with your family. Take your spouse out to eat a nice steak. Go and go eat with some life-giving friends. Then go home and sit on the back porch and enjoy the cool weather. Play a board game. Read a book. Drink, drink a cup of coffee. Watch a sports game on TV or a cooking show, something you enjoy. Go fishing. Go to a movie. Go for a drive. Paint on an empty canvas. Go for a bike ride. Go for a walk in the park. Go, go walk around the mall. Go play basketball. Go play golf. Do something to recharge your life. We recharge our batteries most effective in God's presence, though. All we can do, we can eat some good food. It's going to be good. But we need the presence of God. We need God to recharge our batteries. Verse 7, it says that the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. 
I don't know about you, church family, but I'm so thankful that we serve a God who will come back a second time. That when we may miss it on the first time, he come back for a second. He'll come back for a third. He'll come back for a fourth. He'll come back for a fifth. He'll come back for a sixth. Like, oh, no, you're doing it wrong. He'll come back for a seventh. He's going to keep chasing you. He's going to keep pursuing you and say, no, listen, rest and recharge. I've got you. If you just take care of what you can take care of and come to the presence of God. Listen to me. There's nothing that God can't fix. There's no situation too big for God. There's no circumstance too big for God. He's all powerful. He's almighty. And he sees you where you are. And he says, would you rest for me, son? Hey, would you take a nap, daughter? Hey, would you go grab some food? I care about your wear your well-being and would you walk with me would you spend time in the presence of God listen there's not a marriage I can't restore there's not a kid I can't help you raise there's not a job I can't help you get there's not a financial situation I can't get you out of there's not a struggle that's too big for me there's not a hardship I can't face I am a God of the impossible would you take care of the rest would you take care of recharging and I will walk with you I will be with you I will guide you I will strengthen you would you take a nap would you get some food? And would you spend time in the presence of God? Don't miss a Sunday. Don't let your student miss a Wednesday. Young adults, don't miss a Thursday. You need to encounter the presence of God. Don't miss brotherhood. Don't miss sisterhood. Get into a group. It's bigger than you. You need others so you can encounter God's presence together, strengthened together, side by side, walking in the strength that is only found in God's presence. Listen to me. You'll be recharged with strength in God's presence. The Bible says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. You will be recharged with peace in God's presence. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. You will be recharged with joy in God's presence. You will make known to me the way of life. In your presence is fullness of in your presence is fullness of joy. When you recharge, you're going to find your strength. When you recharge in God's presence, you're going to find peace. When you recharge in God's presence, you will find joy. Church family, resting is important. We got to do it. Recharging is important. We got to do it. Oh, but we need the presence of God. We need the presence of God. Of God in 2022 we need the presence of God in your job you need the presence of God in your relationships you need the presence of God in your parenting you need the presence of God you need I need the presence of God